Well, baptism is an amazing time when a person makes that decision to publicly declare their position before the world that they belong to Jesus. It is an amazing thing. It is a wonderful thing. And it doesn't really matter what age you are, but it is a chance for a person to say, God, I belong to you, and I want the world to know that, that I stand with you. And, in, and a little bit later in the service, we'll, we'll go through and work through the baptismal piece. But I just wanted to remind us that maybe if you're here and uh, you've been baptized already, as that takes place a little bit later in the service, just remember your own baptism and what that meant for you and what it means for you and the importance of that. And if you haven't been baptized, just to consider what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus and what he brings in terms of redemption and new life. And we know that when a person is placed in water, that that symbolic act of that is the, the washing and cleansing of the person and, and the going under the water is the act of death, just as Jesus died and then was lifted out and resurrected, we who follow him. Baptism reminds us that we are raised to new life in Christ. We are resurrection people, and that's who we are. And what a joy it is for us today to be able to celebrate that with folks as they come to declare their allegiance to Jesus by being his disciple. We'll do that in a minute. Well, today we're, we're in our series uh, on Get Fit, and the first week we talked about uh, getting spiritually fit and what that means to get connected with God and how important that is. That's the number one essential piece of getting fit is keeping our relationship with God primary. As we move forward in life and walk with God, it's like keep that relationship really, really at the pinnacle of what we do. We took on that kind of, for many of us, that 15-minute challenge that I kind of gave you, and many of you are doing that, kind of the first 15 minutes of your day to set that aside as a starting point with God every day, to say, you know, this opening part of my day every day, I'm going to give God 15 minutes and just be with Him and listen, whether it's doing a, a devotion or reading or being quiet, a prayer, going for a walk, but just spending that opening time of your day with God. So that's that 15-minute challenge. And if maybe you've thought, oh man, I totally forgot about that, that's okay. Just like jump back in, that's all right. Get back on track and, and be a part of that. And then last week we talked about getting relationally fit and how our relationships with other people, how core they are with our families as well as our neighbors, people that we work with and the world at large around us. But how do we stay in healthy relationships with people around us? And how vital that is and how God has a lot to speak into our lives about having healthy relationships with other people as well as keeping those relationships healthy and moving forward as an individual. Well, today we're talking about kind of physically fit. How do we stay physically fit? And I want to just tell you right off the bat that, you know, we, we all could use help in that area. And this isn't meant to guilt anybody into anything. It's really meant to be focused on uplifting us and moving us forward because God cares about our body. God cares about our bodies. He has invested a lot into creating who we are and gave us a body to be in relationship with him. So I just have a couple things for you, but how many people would say, you know, in the kind of area of my physical life, I, you know, healthy habits, eating, whatever it is, exercising, I could use a little work. I mean, I'm not perfect, I'm close, but I'm not there. How many people would say, like, I'm just not quite there yet? Keep them up, that's good, keep them up. Okay, good, good, because I have a few things for you just to kind of help you along the way. Keep them up. I can't see them. Okay, there we go. All right, back here. 
All right. How about over on this side? What do I have on this side? Anybody over? Whoops. Well, there's one in there. There's one over that way. I got to die. Oh, it floated to the top. Hopefully the baptismal candidates will too. Okay. Well, um, what else do we have? Oh, right in here. Okay, good. So, okay. And, you know, so that's just a little something to help. How many people, though, would say, you know, I'm... Um, I'm not great, but I'm actually, I'm okay. I'm really, when it comes to some of that stuff, my physical side, eating, health habits, I'm doing pretty, I'm do, actually, I'm doing pretty good. How many people would just go, I'm actually doing okay. Don't be embarrassed. There you go. Okay. Well, well we got to kind of balance that out. So if you're doing good, uh, anybody over here that's doing pretty good, I got these like ding-dongs. Okay, there you go. Let's just toss those over, Brian. Okay, good. Just to kind of balance the room out a little bit. So, you know, if you're not eating so healthy, then eat those oranges. If you're eating really too healthy, then like maybe you need a little more junk food in your life. Anyway, um, but today we're going to talk about being physically fit and kind of what that means before God. And I, again, as I said before, it's not meant to, at all to be uh, demoralizing or guilt producing or anything like that. I really want it to be encouraging to us. Because God has given us, he's, he's really entrusted us with these bodies, and we only have them for a limited time. You know, we only have our body for 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years. If you're lucky, maybe a little bit more than that, but only for a time. We only have them for a time. So let's, let's make the best use of them. How can God help us, you know, to really be good, wise stewards of the, the body that he's given us. So why don't you just take a moment, and we're going to pray, but why don't you just look to God for a second as I pray with us. God, we realize that uh, there are uh, lots of us here today, and the whole subject matter is, can be very frustrating and guilt-producing. And I don't want that to be. So God, I just pray that that in our lives we would, we would be open to seeing how important our bodies are for you and with you and the care of them and to give us encouragement along the way and to not feel guilty or ashamed at all, but to realize that we have a tremendous opportunity to be people who are healthy and people that uh, reflect who you are. So God, today, would you help us and encourage us in our faith so that as we look to you each and every day, we would find the strength to move forward and we would find growth in this particular area of our life and that is the care of this body that you've given us. So God, we pray that in your name. Amen. I, uh, I run a little bit. Actually, I don't really run. Um, I jog a little bit and, and jogging is maybe even pushing it. But anyway, but I do, I move. Okay, let's just say I move, um, and I try, to, I try to move in such a way that my body gets some exercise, and, and one of the things I've, I've kind of learned about, you know, doing this for a while, this moving thing, is that um, when I do that, it's really helpful for me to have a couple of things in my head as I work through what God wants me to do or what I'm supposed to be doing. One is I need to have a plan, and if you talk to people who are, like, in the running world and that kind of stuff, they generally have a plan. And they have some goals that they're trying to reach. And those goals take them along the path to get them what they're trying to get to, what they're trying to accomplish. So we kind of need a plan. We need some goals. We need a strategy, don't we? We need a strategy 
along the way. And sometimes we build up a little bit more as we kind of get a little bit stronger along the route. And, and I've thought about different, different ways in which I kind of set myself up to do certain types of runs. And I have different areas that I run and different places that I run. And they, they have different terrain, etc. And one of those is a little bit, a little bit longer run for me. And, and part of it is you need to determine uh, how often you're going to exercise. You know, is it going to be, you know, four times a day or twice a day or once a week or whatever? You have to, you have to come up with uh, kind of a strategy that way for how often you're going to run. And so I decided, well, maybe in this particular path that I take, I'm going to do that once a month, once a month. So I thought, well, that was, didn't want to tax myself. So once a month. So once a month, I drive my car. I'm not totally foolish. I mean, I drive my car to where I'm going to run. I don't run there. So I get to where I'm going, and I park the car. But then once I get out of the car, I'm totally focused. I'm dedicated to getting where I need to go. I mean, that route is just right out ahead of me. And I know that once I'm out of the car, I am point-focused on getting to my goal, right? And I do that. And when I get on this particular run, I get out of my, once a month, I get out of my car, I park it right there. I run the entire distance on this particular deal. I run the whole way. I don't stop. I don't take a break. I don't get water. I don't talk to people. I am totally focused. I give it everything I have. I run the whole way, the entire way, all the way across four lanes of traffic to the donut shop. I'm there, right? And then, and then if, and this is a little thing that I do. But then if I leave the donut, before I leave the donut shop, if I've consumed more than one donut, I'm committed. I run all the way back. I mean, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep it going. I don't know if you're like me. Anyway. Um, but sometimes we set up things in our life and we can't, we can't accomplish them. And yet I think today we want to talk about some things that will help us to move forward with God and how can we do that. And in some ways, this is kind of a one-on-one sort of course. If it was in basketball, this would be like a layup. Uh, if it was in golf, it would be kind of a gimme. This is some basic stuff, but I think it's good reminders for us to know how important it is to be on mark with God when it comes to our body and being physically fit. Hmm. I love the fact that Jesus had a body. I love the fact that God decided that when he came to earth, he came in the form of a body. He could have come as a spirit, as a ghost, or something. He did not. He chose to come with a human body. So our bodies are incredibly important to God. They are. They're incredibly important to God, and we don't want to miss that. And a body is to be taken care of. We only get one. It's to be taken care of. It should be respected and protected and never abused. It should not be subject to violence or abuse or starvation or rape or mistreatment of any kind. A body is essential and important. And here's the truth. God cares about every part of your life, including your body. Long ago, they thought that in relationship to God and faith, the only important things were really your mind and your spirit. But it comes to be that the body is really important to God. And so our stewarding of our body is essential. How are we doing? How are we doing in caring for this essential component of who we are? It says this in Scripture. Do you not know, or do you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and who was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. 
For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. God paid a high price for you and for me. And he paid that price, and part of that was about our body. As I said before, our bodies are on loan to us from God. And they're on loan to us for only a short time. 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years. We don't know how long, but they're a gift of God. There is a book called The Seven Pillars of Health by Don Cobert, a Christian doctor. And in your uh, message note piece right there, you can look at them. I've listed those seven on there. If you're following along, you can take that out. I'm just going to kind of go through them quickly. But these seven pillars of health, which are a way to help us connect with what it means to stay healthy and what it's necessary to keep in a healthy form with God. So if you're looking at that list with me, let's look at those. The first one, the first one of those health, healthy seven pillars is water. He says that um, if we want to be healthy, we need to drink two or three quarts of water every day. How many people drink two or three quarts of water every day? Good on you. I hope you make it through the entire service. But that's a lot of water, right? Right. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of water. But we know that water, what it replenishes us. It helps to, it just helps our whole system function. So water is the first one. It is very important for us in our day. And as I go through these seven, you might be thinking maybe as we go through them, you know, I need to improve there. I need to work on that one a little bit. That's great. Just note that as we go. The second one, um, uh, the second one is sleep and rest. He says that adults need seven to nine hours of sleep a day. That's challenging if you're a parent with young kids, but sleep and rest are very, very important to us. And we need to get that one kind of in line. The third one uh, is living food. And what he means by that is eating plenty of fruits and vegetables and grains. Living food, green food. Foods that will be helpful for us, foods that are alive and help our body system to live. That's the third one, living food. The fourth pillar is exercise. He talks about how exercise doesn't just tone our muscles, but it, it lowers stress and then prevents disease in our life. Activity lowers stress, prevents disease. Here's the fifth pillar is detoxification. And he's not talking about just getting off of drugs but he's talking about periodic fasting that helps detoxify our system. And Jesus talked about fasting and praying as a way of cleansing our body, our whole system. Gives us an opportunity to focus our attention on God. It gives us that challenge of knowing that when we set some things aside, when we fast away from some things, God replenishes us. Oftentimes in Lent, which is coming up in another month or so, those 40-day kind of period before Easter time, people give up something. They release something in order to focus more on God. You might start early on that in your physical regimen. You might say at this point in your life, right now and through that Lenten season, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give up on something that I know isn't a real healthy habit for me. I'm going to give up eating that or drinking that or whatever that is, and I'm going to focus. It's a way of kind of fasting through that and focusing your attention on God. So there you go. So that's, that's the fifth one. Hmm. 
The sixth pillar is nutritional supplements, and all that he's saying by that is really appropriate daily kind of vitamins for your system, making sure that you're getting enough vitamins. I didn't really start taking a lot of vitamins until a few years ago when Jean, my wife, kind of got on a kick of like, we got to get more healthy, and I started taking these vitamins, and you know, I don't know if it did a lot for me, it probably did a lot for me that I didn't even realize. But it's, it's important to have a balance in our life, and those supplemental things with vitamins are very important to make sure that we're in good order. And the seventh pillar is freedom from stress. Well, that would be good, wouldn't it? Freedom from stress. Well, how do we do that? Well, I don't think he's talking about being able to avoid stress. Stress does come our way. We can't really do much about that. We will be in stressful situations, but how we handle stress, how we're able to handle the stress of life as it comes to us is very important for our health. If we continue to be consumed by stress, overwhelmed by stress, boy, that can really deteriorate our physical body. We know that when we live in terms of stress, it has, takes its toll on us physically, on our heart, on other parts of our body. Stress can really, really bring us down. Anyway, I want us to look at uh, several, four really key healthy habits that, can, that we can help to develop in moving forward in this area of our life as we look at kind of 2016. So here's the first one if you're following along in your notes with me. The first is I need to consider what I eat every day. I need to consider what I eat every day. You and I need to consider what's going in to our life every day. And that isn't so much about diet, being on a diet, because we know that diets are basically kind of short-lived, aren't they? They're for a season or a time, and then it seems like, wow, we just gradually fall apart on a lot of those things. It's more about shifting away from just a diet to what needs to be happening in us all the time. We begin to change our habits of eating to be much more healthy in ways that will balance us. Not just a diet, but that we are living into healthy eating habits in our life. It says in Scripture, not everything is good for you. And even though I'm not allowed uh, and even though I'm not allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Well, what, what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 9 is the, and 6 is this. You must not become a slave to anything. Everything is permissible, but not necessarily good for you, is what those verses are saying. There are things that are out there that, okay, you could get involved in, but they're not necessarily healthy or appropriate for you. Don't let those things that are unhealthy for you overwhelm you to the point where you become a slave to them. Food, we can become a slave to food. I read somewhere that 70% of Americans are overweight. Wow, that's a lot of us. 70% of Americans are overweight, becoming a slave to food. How do we not fall into that? How do we stay away from that? It's by watching what we eat. Food isn't sin. Food isn't evil that way. But becoming a slave to it can be when we use it in our lives to medicate, when we use it in a bad way to overconsume. Maybe that's what you need to hear today is just maybe shifting your consumption factors of food in your life. Wow. Not becoming a slave to anything. 
You know, a high-performance vehicle, a high-performance sports car, racing car, needs what? High-performance what? Fuel. And you and I, if we're going to have high-performance engines for God, we need the right kind of high-performance fuel. We need to be able to choose the fuels that fuel a high-performance person for God. Right? So let's watch what are the things that we're consuming. Are they healthy for us? Are they in balance? A high grade of fuel. Some of you have already determined this year that you're going to eat healthier. You're going to be wiser about it. You're going to stay on top of it. And I would just encourage you, go for it. Talk about it with people around you. Help them know to help you to encourage you along that path. Here's the second one. Stay active and exercise regularly. I love this proverb. In Proverbs 22, 13, it says, The lazy person is full of excuses, saying, If I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. Isn't that great? Proverbs is so awesome. Uh, if I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. I haven't met many lions in the street around here. Maybe it wasn't that back in that day. But what an excuse. It's just talking about excuses for exercising and getting out and being about, staying active and exercising. No excuses this year. No excuses. No matter what kind of exercise regimen you're on, why don't you up your game? I'm speaking to myself at this point too. I have to up my game when it comes to exercise and keeping active and physically fit. Exercise, we know, increases energy levels. It elevates metabolism rates. It improves blood circulation. It strengthens our muscles. It strengthens our bones. It de decreases our blood pressure. It reduces stress. It increases efficiency in the digestive system. It develops aerobic capacity in us and it improves sleep patterns. So exercise is good for us. It really is. It's very healthy. So for some of you who've made that choice to step out and exercise and step up your game, way to go. Go for it. Keep going. Don't stop. I love that. Some people say, well, I just, I just don't know. I just, I've made commitments before. I just can't follow through. I try. I get started. I try it a few times, and then before you know it, I'm out of the pattern. I've stopped doing what I said I wanted to do. Well, start over. Don't give up. Start over. Start over. Let me offer you a few practical uh, little tips right here in terms of helping you to stay on track. The first one, and maybe the most important, is this. And maybe this is the only thing you get out of the message today. Have an accountability partner. Have an accountability partner. I am much less apt to fall down in my exercise regimen if I am accountable to someone who knows what I'm up to and is asking me, how am I doing? Or is doing that exercise with me? Have an accountability partner. If I were to ask you right now to take your pen and write down the name of somebody that is your accountability partner right now, could you do it? Or if I was to ask you, if you don't have an accountability partner, who would it be? Could you write a, could you write a name down? Again, I'm not guilting. I'm just saying that's really, really key. Have an accountability partner. That's the first one. I have an accountability partner that for years when I lived in Colorado, he and I would run about every other day together. And then since then, we keep in touch. And when we talk, when we call each other and talk, 
We talk about how we're doing physically. What's going on? How are you doing? That's really important. Keeps me on track. Anyway, have an accountability. Secondly, choose an exercise, that routine that you enjoy. If you don't enjoy weightlifting, don't weight lift weights. If you like playing basketball, great, play basketball. If you like jogging, jog. If you like whatever it is, if you like swimming, swim. Find something you enjoy and do that, right? Find the things that you really enjoy and do that. Or perhaps even try something you've never tried before. But at the core is at least walk. Because walking may be the most a beneficial exercise for all of us, for any of us, is just to walk. Walk with a friend, walk with your spouse, but take a walk. And I don't mean just walking from the couch to the refrigerator. I mean, I'm talking about like a longer distance. But take a walk. Just get out and about. It will help along the way. So get a, a routine that really fits you. A third little tip there is schedule the physical activity for a time of day that fits you. If you need to get up in the morning a little bit earlier and that will help you get going and you're kind of a morning, then do it in the morning. Or if it's in the evening, do it in the evening. Or if it's a lunch break time or a noon break time, great, do it then. Whatever it is, but find a time that fits you. So get an accountability partner. Find an activity that you love and get involved in doing it. And then find the time of day when it fits you best and stay on track with it. You know, maybe if you're sitting around and, and even if you're just sitting around on the couch and you're watching the news or you're watching the ball game, you know, have a dumbbell beside you right on the floor. I'm not talking about your spouse. But just pick up that, you know, have some weights or something you can work on rather than a bag of Doritos. You know, work on something as you're watching whatever you're watching. Use moments like that where you can grow and get healthy as well. As well. You know, in a, in a few months, hopefully in the next month or two, we're, we're working on planning a kind of a family-friendly walk, run, bike ride day in one of the parks around here. The whole church can come to you, no matter whatever level you're at. If you've got kids and they're in a stroller, you can push them along the way. But we just want to get out. We want to be about. We want to be doing something healthy as a whole group of people. So that's coming, so watch for that because that will be a great thing. If you'd like to be involved in that, great. Let me know. Let me know. Anyway, here's the third one. Here's the third one. Number three, take time to rest every week. Take time to rest every week. Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made for, to benefit people and not people to benefit the Sabbath. Jesus knew all about rest. He understood all about who we are as human beings, how easy it is for us to get away from rest when we get pressured by all the things around us. We get so busy with so much Jesus would say, you need to step away. You need to take opportunities to rest and relax, to let go of all of the things that seem to be consuming you. You need to take opportunities to be with God, to be with other people, but to rest as well. And this is a very, very important one. So let me ask you a trivia question right here. Who generally is more sleep depraved, women or men? How many people would say men are generally more sleep depraved than women? How many people would say women are generally more sleep depraved? Thank you, ladies. Okay, good. Right. Okay. Why is that? Why is that? I mean, I did kind of an impromptu survey. Well, it's like they were, they're watching kids and they're cleaning the house. They're doing all kinds of stuff around there. Wow. But for all of us, we know that we need opportunities to take breaks and to sit back away and to rest. As we said, the kind of surveys tell us that, that a human being needs about 
seven, eight, nine hours of sleep and healthy sleep, good sleep. So work on healthy patterns for sleeping. In other words, one of those things is maybe you don't drink that late night cup of caffeinated coffee really late in the evening or drink that last Mountain Dew at 1130 at night. Maybe you're more just take that into consideration and develop healthy patterns where your patterns begin to be more consistent. A lot of us, you know, well, last night probably wasn't a good example because we're ramped up watching the game and then, then we can't go to sleep and we're replaying everything that happened. But, but normally it's like, how do, we, how do we like get some balance in our sleep patterns, which means kind of set a time of evening that is a target for you to so, sort of aim for when you're going to kind of go to bed. Does that make sense? And then you try to be consistent with that so that your body gets into that regimen. And there's a process for that your body begins to, to, to draw on so that it's consistent in your sleep pattern. That is really very helpful to all of us. Look at your rest patterns. Establish a regular time. I think those things are very, very important. Here's the last one. The fourth one is reducing stress in your life. Now look at this verse. I think it's up on the board with me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hey, let's read that together, shall we? Now think about it, but let's read it together. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Reducing stress in our lives. We all have challenges and stressful things in our lives. There isn't one of us here that doesn't have some area of life that isn't stressful for them. Reducing stress is an incredibly difficult thing to do. How do we reduce? We know that stress continues to come upon us. How do we deal with that? Well, here's something that I do. Not that it may work for you, but one of the things I do is when I feel like I'm kind of bombarded, and sometimes stressful things come upon our lives almost like waves. And before we're kind of out from under one, another wave of stress and some anxiety or worry hits us. And before you know it, it's almost like we're drowning underneath all this stuff that we can't quite get out of. We're losing sleep. We're irritable with people around us. We're not fun. And we're just overwhelmed. When that happens, what I recognize is this. One of the things I have to say, first of all, to God is, God, you did not create me to handle stress in this way. When I try to handle my own stress, that is not how God designed me. I'm not living the way God designed me to be. So first, if you're taking on a whole lot of stress, that is not what God, that's not right. That's not how God designed you. So if you and I are taking on stress, one of those things is to recognize it and turn it immediately and say, God, I'm out of control here. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm just letting God know I'm recognizing I'm out of control. The second one is I identify the stress. I specifically identify what is it that's causing me stress. I identify it. And then I say it to God. I remind God, God, this is what's making me stressful. Here it is. I'm giving it to you. It is my prayer and my petition to give you this area of my life because I'm not handling it well. So I identify it. 
And then to the best of my ability, I give it to God to take care of. Does it go away completely? Probably not, because I'm human. Does the weight of that stress get lifted off of me? Quite often, most of it does. Because I'm moving into a pattern that's healthy for me. I'm recognizing stress. It's not that I should handle it. I'm giving it to God and I'm identifying it specifically. And I'm stepping away and giving God a chance to deal with it because that's what he's there to do. When I try to deal with it on my own, I become easily overwhelmed. And I don't want to live life that way. It will shorten life if we live in stress. So I don't know what areas of your life you're in right now that are overwhelmingly stressful for you. We all have them. But maybe that's a way to begin. Maybe try that on that this week a little bit. Say, God, I'm overwhelmed. I know that's not the way I'm supposed to be. If I'm in stress, that's not right. This is what's stressing me out, God. This is what it is. And God, I'm just, I'm handing it to you because you can deal with it. God is the CEO of the universe. You are not. I'm not. God is the CEO of everything, of the universe. He understands your stress and mine. He wants to handle those things for us. He can and he will. But we have to cooperate in admitting we can't handle it. We got to give it to a God that can handle it. And that's the beginning of reducing of stress in our life is when God handles it. And that's when he begins to breathe into us peace that transforms us that we don't even understand. We need that peace, that transformation, that confidence in God who knows exactly what we're going through. Our life and our body belong to the king. They belong to the king. And they belong to the king that we serve. We are stewards of the body that God's given us. And we need to steward them well. We need to take the steps of being healthy for God. We don't get healthy because we want to fit into that perfect set of clothes. We get healthy because we serve a king. And we want to honor him with our life which includes our body. Would you just take that challenge a little bit with you this week and say, God, I need you to help me up my game with my body. I don't need to transform everything, God, but help me to take some steps today of going, God, I need some help. I want to be your best. I want to last. I want to do well. If that's you today, Why don't you just pray with me right now?